the, the, the feeling of learning how to walk when I was six, you know, learning how to walk over again and starting off again and, and having to not be able to keep up with the kids in the schoolyard for a year or so. That was something that, uh, you know, and I was never into sports because I wasn't that well coordinated. Uh, and I still have trouble walking in a straight line and things like that, uh, even though I'm, I could be straight as a pin. Not that I am all the time, but when I am, I still have this thing. But it's because my body's like one side's good, doing great and the other side's going, wow, look at that. <laughs> Can I do that? You know, it's, it's trying to do it. So I do all kinds of things to stay physical and stay physically in shape and keep training my body to keep up with itself. Did it change your idea of mortality at that early stage? I'm groping here because I had rheumatic fever as a child. Not as serious as polio, but very serious. No known cure at the time and all that. And having been bedridden for better part of a year twice, almost in succession. You know, that and looking back on it, I do think that whatever drive I have, whatever life view I have, you will, may very well have been formed during that time. And my question is, is that what happened to you or not? You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer. But I do know that it affected me. It affected me, and it's still affecting me. I feel my body like I have two bodies. Why don't one side, I'm not quite sure exactly where it is. The other one, I know right where it is. So there's something there that maybe that's tuned up part of my body to a point where keeping track of the other side as well as that side. Good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That's Neil Young talking to Dan Rather. And I'm going to keep talking about Neil Young because, well, he matters. Here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I promise you, this is a safe place where we can talk about art, music, and film because it does bring us together rather than divide us. Many of my friends I don't agree with politically, but I don't cut them off. I don't. I learned that early on. I have a friend that I've known since college. We're both lovers of Tool. We're both lovers of... of cannabis <laughs> and I remember I said something to him and then he texts me and he says we're gonna fight over this and I thought he's got a good point and so we don't talk about politics we just don't we don't I will also mention someone who I very highly respect um, Mr. Skog and, you know, we can agree to disagree. Well, we both agreed that Trump needs to go to prison. That's what we both agreed on. Um, but we, we also both agree on the importance of kettlebells. I love kettlebells. And he's such a great teacher. So, Michael Scogg, I'm giving you a shout out. It's unfortunate of what has happened in the media. That, yeah, of course, Spotify is going to go with the money. Joe Rogan. I, I don't like mentioning him. Here's my theory, and we're get, we're going to talk about film in a bit about Joe Rogan. Is he's basically the new Rush Limbaugh. So I don't listen. Okay, that's fine. And if karma really is in the cards, I hope he gets, you know, physically to look like Rush Limbaugh, and then his days of basically um, telling people how to live their life and to be fit will be over. But you know, karma can be a bitch. <laughs> so welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I am currently reading, well, listening to Neil Young's biography, which is read by Keith Carradine. I would prefer it if 
Neil himself was reading it, but Keith is. There was another book of Neil's that I got to listen to, and it was about cars, because he is a big environmentalist. Really great storyteller. Those songs, I mean, I got into Neil Young when I was in my late, or actually, no, maybe my 30s. I remember buying, Crazy Horse had put out an album, and I saw it, and you know, sometimes you can judge a book by its cover in terms of if it's an album cover, (laughs) because then you're, okay, the book of his that I listened to where he did the narration was Neil Young, Special Deluxe, Memoir of a Life uh, and Cars, and I loved listening to him read it. Because he's not only a great songwriter, but he's also a great storyteller. And to listen to him, yeah, I, I've said it before, there there are really great songwriters out there. There's Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell. I'm trying to think of another one. <laughs> oh my goodness, Nas. I'm going to put Nas in there because you got to. You got to Patty Smith. But if I were to compare Neil Young and Dylan right there, those that's that is the pinnacle. That is the pinnacle. And in 2012, I remember one day I was um I saw this album cover and it was psychedelic pill. Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And it was this audiovisual album. Very fascinating. This is before Beyonce did it, and he's doing this with Crazy Horse. These songs are like, they have a song in there, Drifting Back, which is like 27 minutes. This is before Tool did an album where each song is 10 to 15 minutes. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, such a, I'm such a fan of Neil. I really am. Not so much that he's in the news. If you've ever listened to Cinnamon Girl, there is a grungy crunch to that song and then Neil's voice just comes there and it's like and that clip that I was playing is Neil Young talking about having polio and the song Helpless I believe is about his, his struggles with polio because it still affects him today he's 70 something years old those uh, yeah so I thought we would talk about that. But we, we also need to talk about art and how art really brings us together, especially in these crazy times. I was thinking back to the films that really, you know, today is it's a, a day of remembrance when Auschwitz was liberated. January 27th. 1945 Auschwitz was uh, it liberated by the Red Army and it made me think of the film The Pianist with Adrian Brody which is such a powerful film and I've the year that he won the Oscar, I mean, you think about it, the other actors that all won Oscars. And so here's Adrian, the dark horse 
the Dark Horse. And it was directed by... Um... Uh, a, a, a director who has controversy. That's that's where we sometimes we have to separate the art from the artist, and that's Roman Polanski. We know about Roman Polanski. In fact, when he won that Oscar, he didn't even show up. Trust me. Now it's all said and done. But this performance, I'll never forget. There's a really great moment where he's playing the piano and you know Adrian Brody had to isolate himself while preparing for the pianist I've only watched it a few times I remember I went to the theater with my mother we watched it and I've seen Schindler's List Schindler's List I've only watched once I will probably have to watch it again if you're a filmmaker you know that what Spielberg did that was his journey. The little girl with the red coat. Remember that. And Liam Neeson playing Oscar Schindler. And then Rafe Fiennes playing a Nazi. A lot of people were going to do their films similar to Schindler's List. In fact, Stanley Kubrick was going to do the Aryan Papers. Scorsese was was approached to direct Schindler's List. And Scorsese said, no, Spielberg's already got it. That's his story. And so here we are. 77 years of of, uh, liberation of Auschwitz. I would recommend that you all go and watch The Pianist. It is based off of the life of Vladislav Spielmann. Try to say that five times fast. Vladislav Spielmann. Okay. Who was from Warsaw. In fact, he continued to live in Warsaw into his 80s when he died in 2000. He was the sole survivor of his family. His brothers and sisters, all gone. His mother and father, gone. He is the sole survivor. And his journey in The Pianist, oh, there's so much going on in The Pianist, but mainly the music. And I wanted to highlight that today because we live in such a, you know, such a divided world that, think of it, in 1945, the axis of evil and Hitler, and Everyone was coming together to stop Hitler, even someone who had skeletons in his own closet, and that's Stalin. Stalin, Churchill, FDR, that, you know, they formed that group to stop Hitler, even though Stalin himself was killing people. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, History is very grimy, and but we have to talk about it. This is the greatest pianist in Poland, maybe the whole world. No one plays Chopin like you. Oh, that's a compliment. of the 
governor of the Warsaw district. There will be created a Jewish district in which all Jews will have to reside. You must get away at once. Not leaving. Can't I take my chances here? But I have to keep moving here. The Germans are hunting down indiscriminately now. Keep as quiet as possible. No one knows you're here. I want to help. I want to do something. Don't let them get you alive. If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you poison us, do we not die? And if you wrong us, shall we not revenge? So that's the trailer of The Pianist. And I briefly took a music course, and I remember the teacher telling us all to watch The Pianist. And that is the film that Adrian Brody won his Oscar for. Keep in mind, he was the dark horse. Jack Nicholson, it was it was between Jack Nicholson and Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis had come out of retirement to do Gangs of New York. You know, yesterday we talked about Jeremy Strong of Succession, who basically is carrying on the tradition of method acting and intense acting from Daniel Day-Lewis. And Daniel Day-Lewis comes comes out of retirement. Scorsese convinces him. And I remember watching Gangs in New York and thinking, whoa! So it was between uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and Jack Nicholson, who had already won three. This would have been Nicholson's fourth Oscar. What happens? The Dark Horse wins. Adrian Brody for playing Vladislav Spielmann. It was a trans... That, that's the thing about these awards. They are looking for transformative experiences. And that, sometimes it's not about your popularity. Sometimes it is... Reese Witherspoon. Maybe. But she did sing in, in that one film. But in, in the case of The Pianist, it is a transformative experience. Going from this musician who's playing Chopin on the radio to basically being on the run from the Nazis. And this, and it's a and it's a disturbing game. Or I shouldn't say that game. I take that back. I'm sorry. It is a disturbing he's going through almost like a maze. He's trying to find his way out of Warsaw. He never gets out of Warsaw. Um and the actor, there's another I mean a really great German actor who's been in everything from Resident Evil to Captain America Winter Soldier and that is Thomas Kretschmann Thomas Kretschmann who plays an interesting character in The Pianist Woo! and so the plot is 1939 Wladysław Spielmann a Polish Jew pianist is playing live on the radio in Warsaw when the station is bombed during the Nazi Germany invasion of Poland that's what happens and he is on a run and he ends up in, in a in a Jewish uh, ghetto that is policed by the Nazis Um, 
And this, I wanted to read this. After the war, Spielman is back at the Polish radio where he performs Chopin's Grand Polonaise Brillante to a large prestigious audience. A textual epilogue states that Spielman died on January 6, 2000 at the age of 88. And all that is known of Holsenfeld is that he died in 1952, still in Soviet captivity. I didn't know this. Ooh, this this is something interesting. Joseph Fiennes was Polanski's first choice for the lead role, but he turned it down due to a previous commitment to a theatrical role. Over 1,400 actors auditioned for the role of Spielmann at a casting call in London. Unsatisfied with all who tried, Polanski sought to cast Adrian Brody, whom he had sought as an ideal for the role during his first meeting in Paris. Principal photography in the pianist began on February 9, 2001, and Babelsberg Studio in Potsdam, Germany. The Warsaw Ghetto and the surrounding city was created on the back lot of Babelsberg Studio as they would have looked during the war. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they finished this film before 9 11. Yeah. It's one of those films I remember leaving it and I was just stunned. I was stunned. The piano piece played when Spielmann is confronted by a household. A Hosenfeld is Choplin's Ballade and G minor, Op. 23. But the version played in the movie was shortened. The entire piece lasts about 10 minutes. Since Polanski wanted the film to be realistic as possible, any scene showing Brody playing was actually his playing overdubbed by recordings performed by Odelensky. In order for Brody's playing to look as it was eye level of Spielmann's, he spent many months prior to and during the filming practicing so that his keystrokes on the piano would convince viewers that Brody himself was playing. This is a film about survival. It's... And today that is what we honor is those who didn't make it when um, Auschwitz was liberated. I wanted to shed some light on Wladyslaw Spielmann, who was born December 5th, 1911 in Poland and died in Warsaw on January or July 6, 2000, age 88. Hmm. Yep. Ah, the book. In 1998, Spielmann's son, Andres, published a new extended edition of his father's memoir. First in German translation from Karen Wolf and Das Wanderuhlalint, the Articulous uh, Survival by a German publishing house. In March 1999, Balasrop Spielman visited London for Jewish Book Week, where he met English readers to mark the publication of the book of in Great Britain. It was later published in more than 35 languages. As it reached a much larger audience, Spielman's memoir was widely praised. Britain's Independent described it as a compelling, harrowing masterpiece. It is one of the most powerful accounts ever written of the era declared another leading British daily. The book's description of the famed Warsaw teacher and writer 
Janusz Kalecki has been described as overwhelmingly powerful and poignant. Yep. <sighs> Film adaption. And, and we've arrived at it. I mean, yeah. Ah, here we go. Although it concludes with his survival, Spielmann does decline to conclude his memoir on a happy note. In the final paragraphs, he walks the streets of an abandoned and devastated Warsaw. A stormy wind rattled the scrap iron in the ruins, whistling and howling through the charred uh, cavities of the windows. Twilight came on, snow fell from the darkening, leaden sky. As one reviewer noted, these final sentences distill the style of his astonishing and unforgettable book. Co- uh, concise yet highly evocative, measured and somewhat detached yet possessing a poeticism and consistent spiritual tenure and strength. And this film really is about Vladislav Schwab Spielmann's survival and also those who didn't make it. His family, millions of others who didn't make it. And so today, we remember what happened in 1945, International Holocaust Remembrance Day. In memory of the victims of the Holocaust, January 27th, that commemorates the victims of the Holocaust, which resulted in the murder of one-third of the Jewish people, along with countless members of other minorities, including Jehovah's Witnesses and homosexuals from 1933 to 1945 by Nazi Germany, an attempt to implement their final solution. January 27th was chosen to commemorate the date that Auschwitz, the concentration camp, was liberated by the Red Army. So I thought, let's talk about the pianist. When the pianist, when I saw it, it, it was 2003, you know what happened the country was divided. The Dixie Chicks were embarrassed of George W. Bush, that he was from Texas, that got them into trouble. It was a, it was a crazy time. And then Michael Moore, as I talked about bowling for Columbine, gave that speech and was booed, but also applauded. And he later went on to do the film Fahrenheit 9-11. We'll talk about that. I've only watched that once. I really love I, I, I see I wouldn't call Michael Moore a provocateur because Michael Moore is really coming from a good place grew up in Flint, Michigan and if you recall Flint, Michigan they had that horrible, horrible thing where the water, they couldn't even drink it it was beyond drinkable This is this, that's his hometown of Flint, Michigan And so we'll, we will talk more about Mr. Michael Moore. It, you know, that was the same Oscars that Michael Moore won an Oscar and Adrian Brody won an Oscar. And yes, even disgraced Roman Polanski won a Best Director Oscar. Didn't show up to collect it because he, I mean, now I don't know what has become of him. And, and in a way, we really shouldn't discuss that. That's where we can separate the art from the artist. If, I mean, you look at some of those films. Chinatown is a classic. Rosemary's Baby scared the shit out of people. 
and the the pianist is is it left me speechless it truly truly did and so we can separate that okay that's a that is a heartbreaking film because it's real he himself was on the run from the nazis so but that doesn't you know we're we're not going to go into canceling him and that's for society to decide not for me as the podcaster to de- decide there are certain things that I I don't I don't have to talk about on this podcast but we can talk about how art unifies and life imitates art and and so on so that's the Dr. Zeus film podcast and tonight is dedicated to those men and women and children who lost their lives in the Holocaust and those who survived and to the memory memory of all of them including musician Vladislav Spielman good night